Hi, I'm Kales, and I'm rereading Daisy Jones and the Six. And I'm Allison, and I'm reading it for the very first time. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. We're doing uh, Daisy Jones and the Six this time around. And it's predictions time. Yep, it's the predictions. If you're new here, this is Novel Predictions, where these two book nerd friends, uh, we pick a book every few weeks or so, and one of us has read it, and the other one has not. And it's a big challenge on the old notion of, oh, I saw that coming a mile away, or I totally (laughs) predicted. Well, this podcast puts that to the test. Yeah, and before we started this podcast, we were pretty confident in our ability to predict books. Yeah, exactly. And I'd say that (laughs) that's lessened now, like... (laughs) I'm 100% way more realistic. I'm like, oh, this is actually a harder thing to do than what I used to brag about doing. And yeah, so that's what this podcast is. Join us for all the hilarity. If you've read the book, it's super fun to be on the other side of it when you remember the book, because sometimes we pick books and we're just like, fuck, I don't know. I don't, it's been <laughs> like seven years since I read this thing and it just never goes this way. Yep. So, uh, or if you've re- read it recently, like this is one that I've read recently um, it's fun to remember and try and at least not give it away over our facial expressions, <laughs> at least. Um, and if you haven't read it, then you can try and predict alongside us. And you can say if you think Allison's ideas are complete bullshit or if, oh, yeah, I'm right on there with her. <laughs> um, or if like, you have a different love interest in mind or something like that, feel free to do that. You can join us on Fable and mention and put in your comments on there as well. But we're here. We're talking about Daisy Jones. The only reason I picked this one up originally was because of the format it intrigued me so much and um so anybody else who hasn't read it or doesn't know the book is written in like this interview style it looks like a transcript of interviews that are interspersed from different band members different people who knew this fictionary band it feels like you're reading a script of a documentary series and as a playwright at my core this appealed to me so heavily this book i remember i got an arc of it it was like it came out in 2019. Mm-hmm. And at the time, the entire department I worked for at the old bookstore, everybody read it, despite the fact that we had like four or five women in this department that had very, very different tastes in books. But we all read it. And we liked it. And now it's one of those big universal airport books since like Reese's Book Club. It was turned into an Amazon TV series. It's widely appealing to a lot of people. Actually, even funnily enough, I got my partner's dad to read it recently. Oh, my gosh. I'm not even kidding. That surprises me. Yeah. Well, I've had him reading all these books since he retired he's like oh i want to get back and reading and i was like great your daughter-in-law knows exactly what to give you and i had him reading a gentleman in moscow which he was enjoying but for summer he was like it's heavy this is really heavy and i was like okay great let me give you something lighter here's daisy johnson the six <laughs> and he really really enjoyed it he's reading project hail mary right now but just that being said it's widely appealing you and be- something a little bit less yeah after bone season yeah you think? a little lighter mm-hmm. um and, but you are continuing to read bone season i am actually and since we last recorded i finished books two and three. Oh my gosh and i'm pausing because after book three and the start of book four was like holy shit it was intense it's mm-hmm. great addicting and i'm having a hard time putting it down but i'm excited to dive into this which will lighten the mood before i dive into book four yeah and and this one felt as I started reading it, I was like, oh, this is such a nice palate cleanser. Yeah. Because it's just as opposite as you can get um, from <laughs> Bone Season. Just a little bit. I mean, the formatting, the characters, the time period, contemporary realistic versus the subject matter of like dystopia. Yeah. Uh, I'm really enjoying I it. I was going to ask, what are your first impressions? I'm really liking it. I do know you warned me, though, and you said I have thoughts. I do have thoughts uh, because... Okay, so the point at which we stopped yes. was there's 
the book is not broken into chapters um, so much as it is like sections of time periods. Yeah. And so the book is only 350 pages, like on the dot. If anything, it might be like 320 or something because of the way it's written. It's a little bit shorter. Yeah. It's way shorter uh, because it's like this dialogue style. Yeah, it is. It's quick. I mean, through those 75 pages, we had to start uh in maybe like half an hour <laughs> oh nice um and i'm listening to it oh you are is it good yeah it's wonderful it's a full cast audio <gasps> that's exactly how they should have done it yeah i absolutely recommend listening that's to it fucking great and they're doing so good with those like smoky 70s voices yes it's so good and when i had to stop i was sad mm. <laughs> i wanted to keep going <laughs> I knew we were going to record for a little bit and then I was just going to go back to listening to it. And uh, <laughs> it was just getting good because Daisy and the six are still separated. Yeah. They've not met yet. Yeah. They haven't even met. And we just ended with the head man for the six, whose name I don't know. Um, uh, shit. Uh, <laughs> where is, where is my, where, where's the, f- I, do you have your, do you have your phone yeah, on, on you? I'll, okay. I'll find it. Um, you have to Google his name or something. Like I, I, I'm just going to go to IMDb because it's easier. And at this moment, it's Daisy like Jones Danny is in. or Billy and Graham. They're okay. the brothers. Billy and Graham. <laughs> Billy and Graham. Okay. So Billy had just, uh, we had really just focused on his personal life yeah. with the band and how the band is, is um, blowing up, but really how Billy is dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Band blowing up, his addiction and Camilla, wife and child, the whole deal. Yeah. They're interviewing him and her uh way past the point of when all this is happening like the mm-hmm. interviews are happening later clearly right if i had to guess it'd be like the 90s or the early 2000s yeah like, sure when the interviews are happening it's been decades since his addiction and her saying you have to go to rehab and the baby being born and all this stuff and the way they're talking about it feels like they are still together to me mm-hmm. so i'm like okay is daisy jones and the six this guy's the head man of the six right now yeah so how the fuck is Daisy Jones going to become the front man of this band? Like, they're still the six. Is it the six, including... So I guess they're really getting... This is really getting into my predictions. Yeah, sure. But that's what I'm intrigued by. Where we stopped, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> okay, that's fair. They they haven't clashed yet, the entities, um, which I do feel kind of bad stopping there. But if I went any further, it wasn't going to be our normal 20%. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like the way that the first two sections of this book really ramp it up. You know, I always think about it in terms of Tartuffe, which is a deep fucking pole. And I'm sorry that <laughs> I'm about to get really theater nerdy here for a second. But theater nerds will know what I'm talking about. So in the play Tartuffe, which is a French farce, the play is called Tartuffe, which is one of the characters, right? But However, you do not meet Tartuffe until Act 3. There's oh five acts in the whole play. And the idea is that the reveal of Tartuffe is so built up during Acts 1 and 2 and half of Act 3, I think, that when Tartuffe is revealed, you're kind of disappointed. And he's laughable for comparing to him to what everybody else says he is. And so that's kind of what this is doing in these sections is building up these entities so that you can really hit it off when Daisy Six and the Jones clash. Right. It's like creating the ethos that surrounded them in their time period. Yes. um, Contemporarily. Yep. So the other reason I'm excited for this is because it seems very clearly inspired by Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. So I'm obsessed with the album Rumors. I love the Fleetwood Mac drama. Okay. So a lot of my predictions are probably going to be centered around me thinking this is a fan fiction of Fleetwood Mac's Rumors album. (laughs) I basically know nothing about that. Oh my gosh. So I'm down. 
Uh, this this book for me gave almost famous vibes. That mm-hmm. film. Um, that's really where my head went when I was reading it. The other cool things I will mention before going forward, because I know you're listening to it, but now that the miniseries is out, they've taken all the songs in the book and made them into songs, real songs, which is super cool to listen to while you're reading. Yeah. The other thing, though, is that when the book did come out, she released this Spotify playlist that I actually still sometimes listen to (laughs) it's a great compilation of like 70s 80s 90s rock there's some 60s in there too it's a nice mix that she used to inspire her and because music is so prevalent in the story it's almost i don't know it's almost difficult to not have something playing in the background while you're reading it at least Mm. for me i i think because you're listening to it that makes it different i just Honestly, I'm so happy they did it full cast. That just uh, makes it feel like a radio play or something. It's very much like a radio play. It's so good. The last thought that I have is that what's interesting to me and what I'll be anxious to see is if what I fell in love with this book was the format of the storytelling or the actual story. Mm. Because I'm reading the story again and I'm like, I don't really know if I'm laughing at the jokes or I'm laughing at the fact that it's switching between the perspectives. Yeah, really? Yeah, it's just, yeah. I've never read a book like this before. So it was really new for me. Um, but yeah, anyway, I'll stop because I I need to know more about your thoughts about the fate of this band. But I want to start with Billy and Camilla because we already talked a little bit about them. What is the status of their relationship now At in your eyes? At the time of the interview. Yes. Okay. But also what gets them to that point? Okay. So in the part of the book I've read, Billy is like incredibly faithful to Camilla and his bandmates are annoyed by that. Yes. <laughs> the level of golden retriever, baby boy chasing after this woman. Yep. Uh, then she gets pregnant. Mm-hmm. They get married like that day. <laughs> they find out she's pregnant. <laughs> yep. Because they're going on tour and she's staying behind and he has a crisis of self and starts fucking around on her. Yeah. And she finds out and she's like, you have to get your shit together. Get it out of your system. Get your shit together. Go to rehab. Yeah, because he's also very addicted at this point. Right. Yeah. At this point, he's addicted, I think, to heroin. It's getting really bad. Mm -hmm. And they talk a lot about that. And I think it's interesting. I Just kind of as a side note, how they talk about drug use in this book and from the perspective of everyone is using drugs. There are points at which, or types of drugs at which people start being concerned. Yeah. And the manager's talking about being like, I don't care if you're using as long as you're not, uh, what is it, like... Uppers don't kill you, downers kill you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a super good line. So anyway, that was a really cool part of this. So he's super addicted. He gets to the hospital and his wife is giving birth. And she says, you can either come in here and be the father you need to be, or you can go to rehab. And he's <laughs> this like chicken shit on one hand. And on the other hand, he needs to get himself clean. So he goes to rehab. Yep. So that's like the point where we stopped. He goes to rehab and gets out. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He yeah. gets out. So he's clean at the point um, in the retelling of the story, mm-hmm. like with the interviews. And he's with Camilla or yeah, if he's with Camilla and his daughter. It feels like they have to be um, at the time of the interviews together. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, they're either still together or they're like apart because so much history is there, but still very much love each other. Mm-hmm. A very respectful like, we were dumb kids in love. I still love this person, but it's just too much. Yeah. They aren't actually together anymore because of all this shit happened. But we're basically watching Camilla put up with Billy uh, having a crisis. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. He didn't start out being like, oh, I'm famous. I'm going to hook up with everybody. She was 100% in love with him beforehand. Right. And he was faithful to her beforehand before she got pregnant. 
And he was like, well, what the fuck am I going to do now? Right. Because of his daddy issues. I think there'll be more drama with them. Oh, yeah. And I'm worried it'll be with Daisy. Okay. I kind of hope it isn't because it just feels like the easiest route. Mm -hmm. My true prediction is that they're no longer together at the time of the interviews. But they're in a like, man, we loved each other hard and we hurt each other too much to be together kind of love. Yeah, totally. I think that's my actual prediction for Billy. The way my brain feels like this is going to go, Billy's gone, like from the band. He leaves the band is what you think. Yeah, he leaves the band. And then Daisy joins the band. And it's either she joins the band and it's she is better than him. Mm -hmm. So then it's like a contentious rivalry and ultimately he leaves. Or he leaves the band because it's too hard on his mental state and he can't be the man he needs to be for his wife. And then Daisy gets brought on because of that. Okay. I think it's more compelling for it to be the first where they're in a rivalry. Mm -hmm. Um, As a parent, I kind of hope it's the latter. Yeah. (laughs) I know these are fictional people, but I want their family to be be okay. Yeah. And like you want that for their daughter. Yeah. I want this kid to have a good home life. Yeah. Um, So I think that probably what will happen because it's more compelling storytelling Mm -hmm. is that somebody in the band will start dating Daisy Jones. Probably Graham? No, 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 no. He's in love with the keyboardist. That's why he won't fall in love with Daisy. Is he, though? Like, he's hitting on her a lot. Um, and she's like, no, oh, man, we're not together. <laughs> it's very true. Okay. He seems to be a playboy. Uh, yeah, that that I'll give you. Me. Because yeah. of the other guys, I think they're, at least one of them is in a relationship. Yes. So I could see because that's kind of Daisy Jones's role at this point, is she's really this amazing singer-songwriter who gets taken advantage of by advantage of by these men yep those men yep yep and that's basically her role so yeah she's a young woman who has an incredible talent and that's being used by men in the industry so i could see this starting up as being you know the band is in la now yeah in LA. we're at least in the same geographical area <laughs> right now of daisy jones and the six are both in la right so we're in the same state daisy's yep. in the music scene she's running around they're getting more famous. They're getting more gigs, meeting more actual, already famous musicians. Mm-hmm. I could see them meeting at an industry event. I mm-hmm. think Graham and Daisy started some kind of relationship, but him potentially being the first person or others in the band to recognize Daisy as a talent um, in and of herself, rather than somebody who's just being plagiarized. Okay, so hang on. If I'm hearing you correctly, what you think will happen is that will Billy, Billy will leave the band of his own accord. They need another man, person. They pick Daisy up. But then the conflict is that Billy is jealous and misses his life. And they're rocketing to success because of Daisy in a way that the band could not have gotten to because of Billy. And then there's contention there because they're still kind of a part of it because Graham's in it and it was his band. And maybe Billy takes like a sort of back role as a manager or something like that. So he's still involved. But you think that it hinges on Billy's jealousy of Daisy and Daisy's unwillingness to deal with men taking advantage of her? I think, yeah, it it hinges on Billy's jealousy of Daisy and Daisy's unwillingness to be like in the background anymore. Okay. But I don't necessarily think Billy leaves the band of his own accord at first. Oh, okay. I I feel like Daisy gets brought into the fold. Okay. But not necessarily like she's the front man now. Okay. And then Billy probably, if I'm going to guess, sadly, relapses, Mm. starts fucking around again, fucks up his own life, and is either kicked out or is like, I'm too fucked up to do this lifestyle. I gotta go. Yeah, Yeah. I get what you mean. Yeah. And then Daisy either steps into that role or she uh, says, Billy needs to go because he's ruining this. There was a point in the part we read where he was like, forgetting lyrics and stuff, like he was too high. Yeah. So I could see the bandmates being like, Billy's fucking up. Daisy's amazing. Bring her in. You're done, Billy. Okay. So, but wait, wait, wait. 
But then I need to know about your prediction for Daisy and her life. Because at some point we get some hints about where she's going, what she does, who she is, and the kind of like recluse that she becomes for a little while. So what does her trajectory look like? Okay, so this is where the Fleetwood Mac of it all comes in. <laughs> okay, bring it on. Bring okay. it on. Okay, so in my headcanon, Daisy is Stevie Nicks. Okay. <laughs> Stevie Nicks was the front woman, kind of, of Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac was a pretty balanced ensemble, but she was like really important. Okay. Um, I know who Stevie Nicks is, and I know who Fleetwood Mac is, but like I could not name any other members of the band but you know stevie nicks is married to the guitarist Lindsay. i didn't but okay. sure okay <laughs> okay so <laughs> i'm i'm picking up what you're putting down but okay. like just just keep going and assume i don't know anything okay so they were married okay uh i'm so sorry if i'm fucking this up and you are sad fleetwood mac fans <laughs> but i'm pretty sure they were married um but then stevie nicks starts having an affair with another um band member oh. Right. And they're both named Lindsay. <laughs> what? Um, so the guitarist and Stevie Nicks are writing songs about this affair from different parts of it that all ended up on the same album. That's an artistic fucking genius right there. Right. So wow. it was so good. So that's kind of where I see this going. Daisy comes into the band. She finally gets the recognition she deserves. She's the front woman of this powerhouse group. And she probably gets brought into the band in like a spousal boyfriend girlfriend role. And then becomes the most important person to the band. All right. Okay. And so that goes to your head. Yep. It happened with Billy. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's cheating or probably both her husband, both on her husband or with somebody. It's all incestuous. The band members are all sleeping together. Except the one dude, right? That's just like, what the fuck? I just want to play drums. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's all happening. Okay. And the songs are just getting more and more emotionally important because of all this internal drama happening. Okay. And Daisy is already an amazing songwriter um, from the shit that she's hap- like, she's writing songs from the perspective of what's happened in her yeah. life. Mm-hmm. Even at this point, she's like had a whole life, yeah. you know, and it's just more drama from your predictions, what you're saying, right? Right. It's like that whole artist suffering trope. Yeah. Which we know is bullshit. It is. But it's good for TV. Yeah. <laughs> it's just perpetuating the stereotype. Right. <laughs> so I think that's kind of where this is going. They're going to be crisscrossing portrayal and relationship. And that kind of thing. And okay. some people falling off because they're dying from overdoses. Yeah. All I right. can't remember if there's any band members on this of the six that we haven't heard interviews from. No, we've heard from everybody. Okay, well, that's good. So hopefully no band members are dying. Okay. That was going to be one of my questions was, do you think there's a death in this? I think any of the people who've been interviewed can't have died. Okay. Because that would be hard. Unless the interview was cited from before. And then, but it would be hard to translate at like that time difference in audio. Okay. Yeah. So if anyone was going to die, I feel like ultimately maybe Daisy could like overdose or something, but you really think that might happen? Cause she's getting interviewed and stuff like that. I mean, it's not like an epilogue, but you think that maybe during the interview session, somebody would hint at something. I don't know. I'm wondering. Well, when the interview took place, it's like years later. Yeah. Decades after. Right. Okay. So, but it talks about the beginning of the book that these interviews are compiled from lots of time periods. Yes. But the idea, it's like, I want to go back to, it's like, why this particular story? Why this particular book? This particular time? Because somebody got all the band members, all of their perspectives on it. And the idea was that Daisy has always been like the elusive one of them. And, and she wouldn't say shit. But now she's finally talking 
And this is the compilation. So like if we're doing a documentary series, right? Like if we're doing it on fucking, I can't even think of the band. I, Fleetwood if we're doing okay, sure. <laughs> if we're doing it on Fleetwood Mac, right? It'd be all the members of Fleetwood Mac have talked except Stevie Nicks. And finally, somebody got Stevie Nicks to say something. And now it's the documentary of Fleetwood Mac, if that makes sense. If that's what it is in this case, then probably no. Yeah. Okay. So probably no one's going to die. Fair enough. Um, I see her like ending the band, like breaking up the band. Okay. That was going to be a question was, I want to know how does this band break up? Because we know that that happens. It's already been said, right? Yeah. They're not together. No. And it's not even like a reunion Backstreet Boys. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's like, so we know they break up. But how did they break up? Okay, so my guess is that there's two options in my head. Okay. One option is that Daisy, the fame really, really goes to Daisy's head. Okay. She's doing too many drugs. She like ODs and almost dies. Okay. She realizes she need to, needs to leave the lifestyle. And that's why she becomes so reclusive. Second option is that this relationship drama that's going on through the band, while great for the music, is terrible for everyone. No, duh. <laughs> it becomes like... Maybe this album releases, like rumors, where this album releases and the fans and the people start talking about this interpersonal relationships of the band members rather than the music. Mm. And Daisy Jones becomes like persona non grata. Oh, like she's fucked everything up. Yes. Like the Yoko Ono, like how she got the short end of the stick when it really wasn't all her. So right. I could see that it's like something similar to that. Yes. So these band, the band breaks up because of the drama. She's blamed for that and mm -hmm. becomes this recluse. And it's like, well, fuck you guys. I don't need this. I'm going to go live off my royalties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And never talk to any of you again. Uh, but I feel like the band breaks up because of interpersonal drama with the bandmates. And probably after things that have been kept secret, um, kept inside the band's kind of insular group of people become public, uh, becomes just too much for everybody. Okay. Like people out there following Daisy, like, why are you cheating on these people? Yeah. It's like Princess Diana level of like following people around yeah, and that type of no. thing no the other thing too i have to just mention i tried to watch the series mm -hmm. to see if i could remind myself what was going on and i can't watch the series because in my opinion they do it really badly oh, no. like they don't do it in the way that i wanted it done which is basically i wanted to t wanted them to take like a transcript of the book and just make a documentary for example like in the part that we read of when graham and billy talk about meeting their dad mm. and in my head I what I would have wanted was the voiceover and then like a dra dramatic reenactment type of thing like they do on the true crime documentaries and like the actors are still playing those roles but you kind of act it out and it's got weird angles and you don't really see their faces sure right to give it that documentary feel but no mm -mm, nope they just dramatize it oh. they just make Billy go and confront his dad and all of this like punching and stuff I'm like no part of the charm of this entire story is the way in which it's told and in the fucking adaptation, which could have been so fucking brilliant, they had the documentary shots and the vignettes or whatever, but no, 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 no. They decide to just dramatize and make them act it all out. Part of the charm is the fact that all of these people are unreliable narrators and mm -hmm. that the documentary style of it is like, you don't know who to believe because drugs were involved because it's been 40 years and they're protecting themselves or whatever, right? Because they're all artist musician types. The interesting thing about this novel is that I just, I love how it's formatted. It could have been easily translated so much better. Anyway, I don't know. I guess that's the other interesting thing is about doing this novel for novel predictions is that like there's a very realistic possibility in this book that we're going to get multiple versions of the same event. Right. And so like what I want to know is all of that to say, whose version do you believe right now? Mm. Like out of the list of characters that we have, 
whose version of events do you believe? Huh. I feel like at this point, my most reliable narrator is the pianist. Yeah, Karen. Okay, yeah, that's her name. She feels like the one who's the most removed from Mm -hmm. the intensity of the drama um, and probably has a more realistic view of it. She also doesn't seem to be in anyone's corner, which is, you know kind of fun yeah i feel like the only person who's like really in their corner is camilla yeah um she's like i told camilla not to like she, <laughs> yeah. she likes camilla <laughs> she does like camilla and she's like <laughs> stop camilla's camilla. dope stop hurting her <laughs> you're being mean yes um, <laughs> but she's she's your reliable narrator she, karen yeah, karen is my reliable narrator um i imagine she'll get more involved in the relationship drama kind of as things go on mm-hmm. so her narration of events might become more colored yeah um, by her own emotions rather than kind of what she's just seeing but right now she's my girl awesome the last question that i have is about simone mm-hmm. which is daisy's friend and we've not talked about her yet but i want her to come up and i want to ask what her role is in all of this which is very clearly and unfortunately secondary secondary character black friend what i want to know is what part do you think she has to play in this story because usually those secondary black friends at least they do something there's an impetus or they withhold a letter they give them information what they do something that propels the plot what does simone do well so far simone's purpose feels like she's surrogate family for daisy okay to encourage daisy to like launch her into the spotlight. Like Simone has been um, on her side the whole time. Mm-hmm. She's telling Daisy she's amazing. She needs to write her own music. She needs to perform her own music. She doesn't need to be dealing with these assholes who are stealing her stuff. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't need to be a songwriter who doesn't sing. She's got an amazing voice. She's the cheerleader. She's the little, Simone is the little like Lightning McQueen Lightning kid. McQueen! Yeah. Lightning McQueen! <laughs> yes, that, that one. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like she could be instrumental in connecting Daisy with the six. Oh, I like that. Yeah, because Simone is already a recording artist. She says she's not like very successful. Like she's been dropped from her label, I think, at this point because her al- album flopped. Yeah. But I will also say that <laughs> she is Taylor Jenkins Reid's weak attempt at showing the poor treatment of women of color in that mm-hmm. time period and how Daisy's whiteness and Daisy's stereotypical societal acceptance beauty gets her farther along. Yep. Okay. I think like. We're showing white women standing on the black back of black women in mm. every cultural industry, particularly music, though. Yes. Um, I would not be surprised if she's the reason Daisy's career actually takes off, whether that's connecting her with the six or interceding in some way on her behalf with the industry powers that be. That, to me, is her role. And I do think she's like family for Daisy, but I also feel like Daisy is definitely taking her for granted. Yes. I feel like Simone is like Daisy's my like, I love her so much. I take her in. I do all these things. And Daisy's like, yeah. Someone's like my friend. Yes, I agree. <laughs> yeah. It feels very unbalanced already. Mm-hmm. I imagine as Daisy gets more famous, it's just going to get worse. Are they still friends at the interview time? Have they reconciled? Ugh, probably not. I mean, they're not making their voices. They're not making their voices sound like they're estranged. Yeah. Right. But like as a documentary, you wouldn't. Right. At the beginning, when you're talking about the early years of your relationship, like you sound chummy. That's how documentaries yeah. work. You're trying to put yourself in that moment of time that's being talked about rather than how you feel about it now. Yeah, that's very true. So I imagine that they, unfortunately, do become estranged. Because mm-hmm. I feel like Daisy, at this point in her life that the interviews are happening, she's isolated herself. She's completely alone. I don't think we would that would happen if she and Simone were still close. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. I, yeah, I, you know, honestly, I'm just really glad that you're liking this book. <laughs> like, 
for me, this is a unique novel in terms of form. It plays with the idea of unreliable narrators, which while everybody says that Great Gatsby is the gold standard for that, I find that there are other books that do it better. I like unreliable narrators. I like that idea of story and flipping them on their head like that. And I'm excited to see if that art form holds up. However, okay, I will say I'm a little proud of myself of being able to look at this from a critical eye and being like, is this story still good? Mm. Which I'm going to be anxious to hear from you as well, Mm -hmm. right? And doing these predictions, it's like, is this really interesting? Because I think the downfall of rock stars is unfortunately the downfall of celebrities is something that our society finds interesting. Yeah, Yeah, like even fictionalized versions. I'm glad you liked it. That's really what matters. I'm glad it's a palate cleanser and I'm really glad we're reading it. Well, and like I said, I think the drama of the dissolution of Fleetwood Mac is interesting. So Mm -hmm. I'm very curious to see how much inspiration she pulled from that. Obviously, it's not one for one. And obviously, it shouldn't be. No. But if she pulls some of the juicier drama from that conflict, I do think that's at least a compelling story. Yeah. I also feel like that Daisy Joan has some... No, not Carol Burnett. That's who I was thinking of. She's a comedian. Carol King. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Carol King. She's compared to Carol King in this book already. Yeah. And I think there's just some of that with wanting to be a female singer songwriter and not wanting to sing your own shit, but then needing to use your beauty and power, beauty and being a woman and doing that is just an easy through line to be able to get to the point where people are singing your songs. Yeah. You know, I've seen Carol King live. What? Seriously? No. Yeah, her and James Taylor together. It was a very cool concert. That's not... Okay, back up. That's not just a cool concert. That's like fucking legendary. Yeah, I think we had really good seats too. Like, not quite floor seats, but almost. I don't understand. Is this the same cool concert venue where you told me you saw Snoop Dogg? Uh, no, no. <laughs> that's, a different place. regardless, that's still awesome. Yeah, it was the Tapestry album reunion tour with James Taylor and Carol King. I'm not gonna lie, most of what I know about Carol King was from Beautiful the Musical, which I took my mother to see for her birthday. We got box seats for it, <laughs> but it was so hard to keep my mother in her seat. <laughs> she was like oh wanting to sing, and it was just like her full, uninhibited childhood self mm-hmm. on display. It was great. It's a yeah. shitty musical in terms oh. of storyline, but it's a great musical in terms of costumes and music. And, yeah. Anyway, I'm just glad you're enjoying the book and I'm excited to see where this goes and what your predictions play out. I think it's going to be interesting because we haven't done a book like this before where you could be right and wrong. Yeah. And that's still perfectly acceptable in this book. Right. Like depending on who you're trusting. Exactly. Options. Yeah. And we haven't done a book that plays with that before. No, we haven't done a book that's in any kind of unusual format before. And what I find when I first started reading it, I was like, how are we going to even predict with this interview style? Yeah. But as we get deeper into it, I think because of the nature of the unreliable narrator. There you go. Good job. It lends itself (laughs) to not just being a documentary that like it's not like, oh, I can see where this is going. Like we already know the end. Yeah, it's not a true crime documentary where you're like, yeah, we know the case gets solved and there's a big climax where they catch the guy and they're going to put him away or whatever. Right. Like you don't start with like this person was murdered. Right, September, <laughs> September 12th. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm just really excited and I'm just really excited and we'll see who, uh, where the story goes. So, well, thank you everybody for joining us. We'll see if Allison is correct very, very soon. Um, we'll be reading the rest of Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Apparently, though, you need to listen to the audiobook. <laughs> yes, I definitely recommend the full, full cast audio 
video um, if you're rereading or and you read it before. Yeah, definitely listen to it. Listen to it. The Focus Audio also comes with a link to the PDF with all the song lyrics. So oh, that's cool. Yeah, because yeah, so, they're in the back of the book. Yeah, because they're kind of important. Yeah, or you can listen to the recorded ones because yeah. now they've already done that. True. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I'm Kales. And I'm Allison. Keep making novel predictions. Bye. Bye.